Welcome to season one, episode two of your Smart Money Mindset podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the show. A 25 minute segment with Domsey, it's something I do in between interviews um, where I talk about a personal finance issue and share some top tips based on um, my own journey, my personal finance journey. So today we are talking about a sensitive, a touchy subject, and that is how to stop living paycheck to paycheck. And I call it, I say it's a sensitive subject because on one side of the spectrum, especially now because we're in a pandemic, you have those who, to no fault of their own, are having to live paycheck to paycheck because they're experiencing a reduction in income, they've lost their income, you know, they've had to close down businesses and therefore don't have that added stream of income that they used to have. And then you have on the other side of the spectrum, those those people who, like myself, um, from the age of, I would say, since I left uni and, and started my first real job, so about 20, up until, if I'm being really honest, about 26, 27, yeah, who, because of their spending habits, because they are not living beneath, um, within their means, or indeed, you know, below their means, just not having a handle on their outgoings, um, are living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm dealing with the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck, right? Because I don't know about you, but I, when I was, I definitely felt every single day, sorry, every single month that I got paid, this anxiety. Like, you know, most people feel excited about getting paid. You just don't even realise that it's payday. You're just like, oh, okay, it's payday, great. Definitely wasn't the case for me before that. Before I was literally like, oh my gosh, payday counting down the days until the next one was and every time I got paid it was this anxiety of oh my gosh I need to make sure that I'm managing my money properly this month because I don't want to deal with the stress of like needing my money to stretch the whole month so it was so so stressful every time I got paid even though it shouldn't have been anyway so this episode is really geared towards those people who live paycheck to paycheck but don't need to. And the reason it's not really geared this episode to those who through the pandemic are having to live paycheck to paycheck because of their circumstances, i.e. losing a job, etc., is because I don't want to patronize anybody. Like that is not by choice, and that is something that for right now you're having to do. So I I really you know, with the tips that I will share and, and just the story that I will talk about in relation to me, please know that this is not to patronise anybody who is in that camp of, you know, I have to live paycheck to paycheck. There is no bloody other way for me to make it through. When I look at me and, you know, that period of time, which if you do the maths was about six years, yes, months, by month, living paycheck to paycheck, right? I would say that, um, or I would liken how I was to this character, Tony Childs. Now, before you're thinking like, what on earth are you talking about? Who the hell is that? If you've ever 
use Netflix to watch something. If you don't know about Netflix, what the hell is wrong with you? That is a conversation for another day. <laughs> um, on Netflix, there is this show called Girlfriends. It's an American sitcom. It has Tracy Ellis Ross in it, who is the daughter of Diana Ross. And she plays Joan. And then there are three other girlfriends, Maya, Lynn, and Miss Tony Charles. And Miss Tony Charles, ooh, child. Excuse the pun. Um, she lived that materialistic life. She lived for, you know, the next handbag, the latest one. All of that, um, not really focused on the long term, always focused on the here and now and the short term. Focused on the wants rather than needs. Yeah, that is Tony Charles. And if you ever have five, well, the episode is, I think, about 25 or 30 minutes. If you ever have 30 minutes where you have nothing else to do or watch, I would definitely tell you, go and watch Girlfriends because it's amazing. But in my view, Tony Charles personifies the lifestyle of somebody who lives paycheck to paycheck by choice and, and, and certainly personifies... Um, the lifestyle that I was living and I'll never forget that there was a job that I started and I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues who said you know Dom you dress really nicely blah 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 and um, she said but you know you're always wearing new clothes and she said to me um, like how much do you spend on clothes and again because I'm somebody that just says says things how they are and ha have always been quite um just give it to you straight um I turned to her and I said well I spend about 650 pounds a month on clothes and <laughs> that conversation plays on my mind um frequently when I look at how far I've come and how far a person can come because literally it was you know every single month I didn't want to be caught in the same clothes you know I for some reason thought I was living the life of Riley and would literally take about 650 pounds a chunk of my salary to spend on clothes um, and I started a new job in 2017, and I won't I won't say where that was, um, in in Watford. And you know, my colleagues would always say to me, "Oh my gosh, you know, you're dressed so well." And at that stage, I had really started to get a, a hold on how I was, you know, managing my finances and the need to stop focusing on you know, short term. And, you know, you just smile and you say thanks. But the reality is, these were all clothes that I had accrued from all of the time, like the time for the six years from about 20 to 26, where, as I said, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, I'm spending about £650 a month on my clothes. And th these are just the, the, the full wardrobe of clothes that I've, I've, um, built up from spending ridiculously and having crazy spending habits and obviously 
at that time I just wasn't willing to share that so um you know you just smile and say thanks um but if you're wondering what how does how do you even define somebody or, or what is defined as living paycheck to paycheck if you can't tell from the story I've just given and the example I've used it is essentially somebody who um saves no money and who will incur financial stress if they do not receive their next paycheck. So if you are literally tired of having too much month left at the end of your money, yes, you heard that correctly. If you are tired of having too much month left at the end of your money, then hopefully these five tips will help you. They certainly help me. Um, and it, it's a discipline and practice I put in to this day. It's not perfect. There are times, you know, even when I had come out of that kind of lifestyle where you see, oh, Hops has got a sale and this one's got a sale. And you're just like, you have to tell, talk to yourself and kind of center yourself and remember how you lived your life before and the stress and anxiety you felt from, you know, needing that next payday to come swiftly. Um, and you just have to kind of say, you know what, my future plans, the things that I want to do are so much more important than this thing that I feel like I've got to have right now. Um, and therefore I'm not willing to jeopardize that. So five top tips, what are they? Well, the first tip that I would give you that I would say is so important. You know, people talk about budgeting, people talk about, you know, you've got to have a budget and all, the, all of that jazz. And I totally believe that. And um, it is one of the tips, but it's not the first tip. You can't budget until you know how you spend. You can't budget until you understand your spending habits. How many coffees do you just have to buy at Starbucks a month? How many times have you just had to go out and dine at the grocery instead of, you know, <laughs> I don't know, TJ Fridays, TJ Fridays? Yeah. Um, how many times have you just had to buy that handbag that's on? Until you track your spending, no budget in hell is gonna help you. I'm just gonna give it to you straight. And yeah, you need to have at least two solid months where you are tracking your spending. And you can either do that by waiting to at the end of the month and you know looking at your bank statement holistically for that month and getting either a spreadsheet, a piece of paper, you know, your laptop, whatever, and literally going through it line by line and saying, okay, how many deliveries? Yes, you heard me. How many deliveries do I have on this statement? Okay, which shows me how much I spend on takeaway. How much money am I spending on petrol? How much money am I spending on this? How much money on that? And you need to track that. There's no point tracking that for, you know, one month. There's no point tracking that for five days not going to work. You need about a two months where you look at your spending 
on your bank statement and you're saying, okay, this is how much I'm spending on this. Because until you know that, you are not gonna be able to cut down on anything. You are not gonna know what you can go without. You're not gonna understand any of that. So the first tip I would say is tracking your spending for at least two months. And then the second tip is if you are experiencing or if you have any debt at all, you need to understand what you owe, how much you are supposed to be paying if you're not making any payments, um, how much debt do I have? And that is, again, an exercise where you're sitting down an Excel spreadsheet, which I found useful because, you know, you write things down in a notepad and then within a week you've either lost it or you've written something around it, like your shopping list, and it doesn't make sense anymore. So um, definitely getting some form of spreadsheet or whatever to understand okay capital one barclays card blah blah who 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 do i owe money to and how much is that what is the interest that i'm paying what are the minimum payments of that i'm not an advocate for minimum payments because i feel like with minimum payments it just extends the amount of time it takes to pay off that debt but before we even get into that, it's understanding what other debts that I have. So once you've tracked your spending and you've understood how much debt you have, then and only then can you start to put a budget together. And this budget that you put together, the first thing I have to say, so this is tip three, is don't try and have one budget that you use from January to December. It's not going to work. Why? Because in May, my mum's birthday takes place. In February, I have three birthdays of people that are very close to me. In December, I have a godchild's birthday who, oh, my godchild, it's part of my world, one of my, like, she is my world. But anyway, um, that I know that the budget that I set in January just isn't going to fly for my December budget. I have MOT. I have, um, okay, your mortgage will always say the same, but un unless you're on a, like a tracker mortgage or something like that. But um, the point is that you cannot have one budget for all 12 months because expenses fluctuate, okay? There will be times that I have this um, automated thing from Lloyd's who is one of my banks and they will tell me, this month you spent blah, 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 this month you spent, etc. And I can, when I look at it, I can tell like, okay, that month is higher because I had X, Y, Z. So there is no point in putting a budget together that you say, I'm gonna stick to this for every single month. At the beginning of every single month, you should, before you even touch or look at your bank account, you should put a budget together and you're basically saying, okay, what are my fixed expenses? Those are like your, that's your mortgage, that's your rent. Those are things that can't or won't usually change the amount, it's fixed. Like if, if you're 
if it does change, you're either shortchanging the creditors that you have, if it's a mortgage, so you're not making a full payment or like something just isn't right. Okay, so that's your fixed. Then you have your variable, which is, you know, groceries, things like that, depending on what month it is, what, what you've got going on, those groceries might be a bit higher than, than um, you know, the month before. Then you have irregular expenses. Those are things like one-offs that aren't on a regular basis. So if you have any pets, like if you have a dog, like maybe, you know, you'll have a pet bill for one month that you don't have for the month before, or et cetera, et cetera. So, or if you run and you have like a, um, a dentist that you have to go to and, and pay for, you're not seeing your dentist every single month, right? So that's an irregular expense that you need to take account of in your budget. And then you have my personal favorite discretionary, which is literally like you spend that money on, not crazily, but you spend that money on what you want, um, presents, coffees, etc. Okay. And as part of your budget, as I said, once you factored these four things in, they won't always be the same every month. So let's just recap. So you've tracked your spending and you say, okay, Dom, Roger, Abigail, whatever. This is how much I tend to spend. Okay, cool. Then every, and, and you've put together how much you owe in terms of your debt and your creditors. Then you go and build a budget that you do every single month. So you don't just have one for every single uh, month. They're always different. And you need to take account of that money that you owe to your creditors in your budget. And when you are setting these um, your budget and you're taking account of these variable expenses, you can usually see that, okay, if, I, if my discretionary spending is taking up about 90% of my income, something ain't right, okay? Something is not right. But that means that you are spending beyond your means, above your means, and you need to shift your spending habits because you are going to need to take account of the debt that you've now put together and understand, okay, this is what I owe. This is the interest. Um, Barclays has got one of the highest interest. So depending on how you want to approach paying off your debt, you might want to focus on the ones that have the highest interest first. That's the debt avalanche method, but we'll come on to that on another episode. And you need to be able to take the amount that you're willing to pay or what you can pay and put that as part of your budget. And that will usually, or it should usually fall into your fixed expenses. And if you have too much money or expenses in your discretionary bucket that you don't have enough money to put aside towards paying off that debt, then again, shifting is needed. You probably have more rope or more space to play around with your discretionary than you do for those other three buckets, okay? So track your spending, Add up your debt. Don't throw it away. Don't throw the spreadsheet away. Don't ignore it. Step two is going to come in handy when you put your budget together. Put a budget together, step three. 
taking account of those four expense buckets and include in that, based on how much you owe your creditors, how much you are going to pay them a month into your fixed expense bucket, okay? Then number four, or tip four as I like to say, and it goes back to everything that I've just touched on. It's your spending habits. Because as I said to you, if you are if you are looking and you're seeing, okay, that your discretionary expenses are taking up more than most of those other buckets or taking up so much of your salary that you don't have enough to pay in those other buckets, especially your fixed, then as I said, something is not right and you need to reduce your spending habits. You need to look at ways you can curb that in. Okay, and you can do that in a number of ways. Right now in the pandemic, with loads of places closed, you know, that non-essential stuff is likely to, like the fact that only essential shops are open and you're not able to do the non-essential things, your discretionary bucket is likely to be small. But this pandemic should teach you that you can actually go without more than you think. And it doesn't mean that you should live a basic life where you're not having any fun, but it really, this pandemic, if nothing else has shown us, okay, what really is not necessary? Um, I can go with seeing my friends maybe once a month, okay? I can go maybe going to a restaurant only once a month. I don't need to be in a restaurant every single week I don't need to order a takeaway every single week. I can cook at home. I can, you know, I can do fun things with my friends, even virtually now. We can get on a call. We can do FaceTime. We can do Zoom. Hell, that shit is free. And it, like, I'm still going to be able to have my fun. Take lessons from this pandemic. It hasn't all been bad. That there are definitely lessons to be learned and things that we can take forward that will make our lives a lot better. And then the final thing that I would say, the final tip is without a doubt, saving. Now, <clears throat> before you say, hold on a second. I mean, we've gone through all four of those buckets, Dom, and there literally is, no, there is no money left over. No, that's not an excuse tough love here that's not an excuse because a lot of financial experts and it's something that my mum also said um during my journey as well you've got to she always used to say you've got to pay yourself first and I'd be like what are you talking about what are you getting and that was essentially when you get paid taking out a chunk to pay yourself whatever you feel you can afford so if that's for right now 50 pounds a month nobody's asking you to jump to like saving 500 plus a month, we will get there, but not right now. Even if it's 50 pounds, that money should be taken from your account automatically, either via a standing order um, or automating it. So using an automated app, Plum is very, very good. That when your salary lands in your bank account, it takes it straight away. You don't even see it. And that is you paying your, yourself first, paying for your future financial emergency that you have, paying for a financial 
issue or something where you need money, you pay yourself first. And then everything that is left is what forms part of your budget for that month. I really, really think that, you know, it's not easy and it does take time. Um, it's trial and error, as I said. But these tips, if you are wanting to, if you are somebody who feels like, look, I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck and I want to get a handle on this. I want to be able to save for my house. I want to be able to save for a new car, a holiday when we're able to start traveling again. How do I start taking steps to do that? These are tips that I think really will help and really help me. So I hope you found this episode, this segment useful. Um, and if you have any questions at all, any feedback to give, please do contact me, reach out to me, domsey at yoursmartmoneymindset.com. I'm always, always happy to hear from you, always excited to hear from you. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it on your favourite uh, podcast platform. We will be back, as always, um, on the second Friday of the month, which will be the 12th of March. I've got a special guest. He will be talking about how he managed to save £15,000 over the course of 12 months, yes, you heard that right, to go towards his deposit for his first house. Thanks a lot, guys, and speak to you soon.